This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. As we reflect on our past year of fly fishing, Dave and I are proud of something we accomplished that we have not accomplished in years. We have achieved something that every fly fisher dreams of, at least if they're like us. We've got to the top of the mountain. We have climbed Mount Everest. We have. That's right. And what is that, Steve? (laughs) Well, we are proud to announce that neither one of us broke or lost a fly rod this year. We have achieved we really have. That's I mean, gold medallion th- status th- right there. Th- this is amazing. I mean, doesn't Orvis or Winston give an award for this? Uh, no, I, I don't think they mind if, if, if you lose your rod or have to buy another <laughs> yeah, one. Do you yeah, think they that, mind that? Th- that's true. I think you're right. <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to talk about protecting your fly rod. And if you fly fish much, you know how easy it is to break or to lose a rod. So here are some tips, no pun intended, uh, most of which we've learned the hard way. <laughs> uh, some rod tips. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, goodness. Let's talk about storage. And again, yeah. this is probably patently obvious, and and that's use your rod tube. But we do have to say that. Oh, yeah, right? we really do. I mean, I use my rod tube when I we go on fly fishing trips. Um, sometimes even when I'm backpacking in or we're hiking in a ways, I mm-hmm. might leave it in my rod tube depending on the terrain. So this is not a deep truth here, but uh, use your rod tube. Man, absolutely. You know, Dave, I've never broken a rod. I've never stepped on a rod when and broken it what's in a rod tube. All right, but there you go. I, I remember it was a dark and stormy night and... Uh, <laughs> Which had nothing to do with what I'm the story I'm about to tell, but it was. It was a dark and stormy night. And I, I remember walking into our, our mud room. That's what we called those in Montana, kind of a room between your garage and the rest of your house where, you know, you store your coats and take your boots off. And well I had a fly tying my fly tying bench was there and and I had left my fly rod out leaning up against the bench so it just to dry it off after a day of fishing. And I went in there in the dark to get something, and I heard this sickening crack, and oh. I had stepped on my... Ugh, stepped that's on horrible. My, but you know what? I've, I've, uh, sometimes I've stepped on rod tubes, and... Yeah, uh, amazingly, amazing, they're still that's you know, right. working. Yep. So, yeah, I know, you're right. It, it really seems like so obvious that we wouldn't even say it, but, boy, rod tubes are there for a reason. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, make sure that you... Yeah, that you're using those. So transport is a is a huge issue. Why yeah. was your rod out anyway, Steve? Why was your rod not in the rod tube when you stepped on it? Well, I had been out fishing that day, and it was you know it was kind of wet and rainy, and I, I just wanted to make sure it it dried out before I put it back into the you know the cloth. I've not heard a lot of people talk then, about that. So what? So so this is a second storage point i guess which is don't put your you know don't put your rods away you know wet i mean it's i don't know how much uh you know people have had difficulty with with uh you know some of the problems that moisture could cause but you know you, you don't want some it's a good point you, though. you get some rust i suppose on, on certain places and 
kind of let the thing dry yeah, out before you put it away. You, you say yeah. that about a reel, so it makes sense right. to do it yeah. about a rod. Exactly. Yeah, especially, you know, I, I don't worry about it if I'm going to be fishing the next day, but, you know, if I'm putting it away for the season especially or, or you know, for a couple of weeks, couple months, okay, that, that's a little bit different story. It's tough story. to do with kids in the house, though. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's another reason why you want to make sure you get it into that rod tube right <laughs> yeah, away. For sure. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about transport. And I, I would suspect that probably transport – you know, to and from the river is is the uh, kind of the time when most rods get broken. They don't get broken when you're out fishing them. Uh, well, they do. We've we've done that. We'll talk about yeah, it. But we've done pretty much everything. Yeah, that's right. But more often than not, it's going to be during transport. So, what are some things we need to do here? Well, the first is is so patently obvious and so hard to do, which is look before you close a door. Or the tailgate oh, of your truck, right? Yeah, how many stories? By the way, this is the one thing we have not done yet. Amazing, isn't it? But this is the the one that I hear more stories about than anything. Somebody has their rod leaning up against the door. And, and we do that because there's kind of that, you know, if a door is open, you kind of put it in that, that what, that joint or that sort of that crotch area, and, and it's leaning up against that, well... The next guy comes along and, and shuts the door and, and crack. And one of the things that I think is related to that and this is speed. So oh, when yeah. you're when you're in a hurry or you're in a rush, you do mm-hmm. things that you would never do if right. you were more thoughtful. On the yeah. there's a, a test called the Kobe and on the Colby I'm what's called a quick start. There's like four or five categories and you're either high or low on them. And on the quick start I'm like crazy high on it so hmm. much so when i took the test the trainer said ah, how, how, how did you get through college and graduate school <laughs> because <laughs> i'm just i mean it's it's also a gift for startup right yeah so i can mm-hmm. you know you want me to start a business tomorrow let's go do it right <laughs> I, i've got that but speed as <laughs> that those that those kind of proclivities are really yeah. bad when you're yeah. in a rush to get out on the river do things before you think do right? things yeah. before you think yeah even though I'm slow, I sometimes will do things before I think. So, <laughs> what's Same another problem. thing that it relate as it relates well, to transport? Well, here's one that we've uh, learned the hard way. That is, check the top of your SUV <laughs> before you take off. Uh, Dave, any stories you want to share here? <laughs> so, how many times do we have to tell this story? Because yeah, it hurts have, every yes. time I tell the story. Yeah. Except it does have a happy ending, which is a new rod. That's right. Yeah. So all things lead to uh, to new rods. Yeah. I guess <laughs> if that was a big idea. Idea of this of this podcast that's, episode, right? All things yes. lead to new rods. Be strategic if you want to break your rod. You know, there are times where you want to break your fly rod. Exactly. <laughs> well, we just had an episode on Quake Lake, and you know, I when we fished between there before, mm-hmm. um, we fished between Hebgen Lake and Quake Lake on the Madison. You know, I that snowy yeah. day, you caught that really. I, th- what I remember about the day was actually less about the rod because mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't that high end a rod. Yeah, right. But was that spawning rainbow that you called caught uh remember on that channel oh, yeah that, that was, was just a really nice rainbow that was a that but, was a pretty one but i yeah. did leave the rod up there and 45 miles later you know the thought crossed my mind hey yeah. did i put my rod in the truck and yeah. the question is, and the answer is no i did not well that that's understandable and excusable but i actually did something that was i mean you want to talk about stupid is a stupid does this is 
I mean, how foolish can you get? And, but the consequences weren't that bad. So remember, we were getting ready to go fish Fan Creek, and we're getting our waders on. I set my rod at the top of the SUV, and, and we took off. And we're half a mile, yeah. right? Half a mile in the trail, and there were some people I moving. Would, I think we were like a mile. It was like a two-mile hike, and okay, we were so, halfway there. Yeah, you're right. So there, there were some people moving towards us, so we stopped you know, we stopped, kind of got off the trail. Well, when you do that and you get going again, you kind of look down and I thought, what did I just do with my rod? And <laughs> Dave, That was my... a great yeah. moment. And I'm looking at it and I thought, no, did I leave? How could I have walked a mile from the truck not knowing that I left Your my... hands are free. Yeah. No fly rod in your hand. I know. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So, yeah, so I literally ran back, grabbed, and my fly rod was still there. And there that were a was... lot of... There were some people in yeah, the parking that, lot. Yeah, that was a concern too, but it was still there. And then came back in, and of course, uh, you know, the, this one fly fisher had the opportunity to pass us Leap up, frog us, yeah, yeah and got to the right. good run. But man, there was you know a thousand miles of Fan Creek that we could fish. Yeah, it wasn't the worst thing. I know. I did. Re- so. I stayed back, and I didn't go hmm. back with you to the truck. So I thought I'll yeah. just wait here in the trail. Yeah. And I had some some unkind thoughts about yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> You were thinking, may a grizzly bear maul him on the way back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, no, so, I didn't. Well, let me ask you this then. So why even put put a rod on the top of your SUV anyway? Is, is that just stupid or is there Well, there, for that? there are limited spaces, right, as you're getting ready. Yeah. And, and usually, yeah, there's just limited, you know, and so, where are you going to put it, right? Yep. And so it's just a great place to keep it safe while you're putting on your gear. Bingo. I mean, that that's it. It's it's the it's the safest spot. It's out of harm's way, and sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. So that's <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, the tip is it's just you know everything's up up high. You yeah. Know? And, and a lot of these fly these rod carriers that they have, they're on yeah. the top of the rack for a good yeah. reason, right? So it's like a lot of things. You if you do that, you just have to get into the hobbit habit. Get into the hobbit. You have to get into the habit of. This mental checklist and mental checklist has to include looking. You might at the be top. a hobbit. That's why you can't see the rod on top of the truck. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good one, man! Did I ever lob you a softball or what? Well, I'm the hobbit, so uh, <laughs> your wife always teases me about being short. So. I know, man. I hope she doesn't hear this. Yeah, for sure. So here, here's something else too that seems, uh, you know, kind of small, but I think this is a, I think this is an important point. You know, think about getting ready first uh, before you assemble your rod. You know, sometimes I I don't know why I do this, but I always like to assemble my rod first. But maybe that's not such a great idea because I assemble my rod, then I lean it up against the side of the the car, the SUV, where there's a chance of stepping on it, where there's a chance of shutting the door on it. So, I mean, if if this becomes a problem, which it has for us in the past. <laughs> Maybe getting ready first, and then when you come back to the car, I, now I do this when I come back. First thing I do is to put away my rod, yeah. you know, unless yeah, it's yeah. unless it's hot and I've got waders on. You know, I just can't wait to get them off. Or, or like you, you when, when you're you know you discovered in that last trip that you're you know the, the feet of those waders that the neoprene had rotted out and you had water. Well, yeah, okay. You want to get your waders off first. Well, then. Okay, go ahead and put it on the top of the SUV. But otherwise, man, if you just, I think that's why this summer we didn't have any problems because we'd always, when we got back to the truck, disassemble our rod and reel first, put them in their cases, 
you know, and then you can deal with your other gear. There is something about these little disciplines. Yeah, yeah. That I think pr- go a long way towards the stupid things that we, you know, preventing the stupid things that you and I have done. Just these yeah. little disciplines. I think the more you fly fish, the more you have these little disciplines. You do. Yeah, you got to get into those routines. All right, so we've talked about protecting our rod uh, when you know we're storing it, we've talked about transport. Uh, we want to talk in just a moment about protecting it when we're actually fishing, when we're on the river. But first, here's a word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Hey, Steve, do you know that I am looking forward to Christmas this year? Really? Why is that, Dave? Because for the first time, I have a really great gift idea for all the guys in my family. We have a lot of guys. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Oh, that wonderful book that you and I wrote in uh, 2017. Yeah. I guess that was so last year, though, right? That is so last year. This no, year. It's Dr. Squatch Men's Soap. Oh, yeah. It's great. And what I like, too, is they have some gift boxes. You can get a gift box of uh, uh, soaps or a gift box that has a shave kit. Uh, this is the subtle way to say this holiday season, you stink. well my guess is when they open it up their face will fall they'll kind of give that old oh this is really great and think what did you just give me yeah but the moment they use dr squatch soap they will be hooked if they love it as much as we do it really is terrific stuff so go to drsquatch.com put in the promo code two guys and receive 20 percent off your first order that's the number two with the word guys do it today all right, we're back talking about protecting your fly rod. So we're on the river now, or we're on our hike into the river. Dave, what are what are some of the things that, that we need to do when we're actually fishing to uh, protect our rod? I think the first thing is on your hike to the river, and you and I hike a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just think about our recent trip. I mean, how many miles did we hike? I mean, you mm-hmm. think even going from run to run yeah. on that creek that we fished with Dave Cumling. Um, on your hike to the river, keep the tip up. Yeah. Again, obvious, but young fly fishers need to learn this. Oh, I know. When I when I first started my boys fly fishing, and uh, we would often fly fish in the, the bear trap in the Madison. We're walking back that trail. I don't know how many times I would say, uh, Ben, keep your rod tip up. Hey, Luke, keep your rod tip up. Is it just, just one of those things that you have to learn that becomes a habit, but Boy, if, if you don't, you stumble and... That tip, uh, boy, that driven tip, into oh, the ground, man, and that's just... snap, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, again, here's here's an issue. You you could wait to assemble your rod until you get to the river. You could keep it in your rod tube. And I uh, do that sometimes. Sometimes we yeah. do that. I, You know, it means that you have to lug your rod tube and, and your maybe your real case. So the, the case isn't an issue. It's the rod tube that... Man, I I probably lose mine somewhere along yeah, the way. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I since we hike back when we hike in Tower Fall quite a ways, we don't fish for a while. Yeah. And I thought, you know, why don't we just why don't I just take leave it in the rod tube until we yeah. start fishing? But then again, you've got this rod tube to deal with for the next eight yeah. hours, six hours, or seven hours, and it right. does become kind of a hassle. You just have to figure the trade off whether it's worth it or not. The third thing is to be careful when climbing embankments or little cliffs. I have a great story about this. It's not so years great. Ago. Yeah, it's not so great. We had just flown from Chicago to Bozeman and then driven from Bozeman to Gardner and then from Gardner to Tower Fall. And we were up and then hiked four miles. It was almost four, three miles up. I think it was three miles up. 
we had fished a little bit, but I was climbing that embankment. We were just were trying to get to this good run that we always love to fish. Yeah. Climb that embankment, and I had the rod tip. I had the tip up. That was part of the problem because I was uh, climbing yeah. up. Got caught on a on a juniper and snapped the tip off. Instead of a nine foot rod, I fished with a nine or eight and three quarters. You know, yeah, rod. that's and right. For the rest of the day, I I actually found the tip and I was able to. No, I didn't. I just fished it with that broken top. Did was you? broken. That wasn't the time. Was there another time when one of us broke a tip and actually had a lighter? And uh, you you can take a lighter and, and heat that up and you know you have to get the wrap off. But then there's just that cement. Yeah, that was a different time yeah. actually that I did. But that. you can do that sometimes and then put the tip back on. You heat it up and hopefully there's enough of that glue or that yeah it's kind of that glue and it gets heated up. And you can slide the tip on if it's if the fracture doesn't go down the the, the rod too far, but. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those cases where you could say, well, that's where you need a rod tube. Actually, this summer we scaled that. We didn't have any no, problem. we didn't, yeah. Because it's, like you've said before, it's a matter of concentration. And I, I will say that I had a really good day that day, mostly because, the, you know, we're not, we're, mm-hmm. we're fishing on the Yellowstone. The runs are not out in the middle of the river, right? Yeah. They're right along the bank. And mm-hmm, so right. it wasn't. It, it, it made for some awkward cast. Yeah, but, it, but you don't have to make you don't have to make fifty foot casts no, like no, no, you're no. on a lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think too. It it seems uh, really obvious, but when you're going through brush, this is where you have to stop and think and be intentional. Uh, one option that sometimes works well is to point your rod tip backwards, so your rod's behind you, and then as you push through the brush. It's a little easier, although then that brush can kind of fold in on your the rod that's behind you, and you, you have to make sure that you don't catch it on something you know behind you. So that that may not work as well. But I found if I just slow down, and you've you've said this before, that's often our problem. And just slow down and kind of look for an opening and make sure my rod gets through the opening before I do and then, then you're okay but this is always an issue when we fish the driftless oh, like yeah. once the trees start to yep. leaf out in the spring and in you're walking off the trail and hitting mm-hmm. like, you know like when we fish Canfield Creek yeah and walking through those trees and yep. it's just always an issue I do think if you if you're holding your rod in reverse so your tips behind you mm-hmm. I don't know the downside of that is you still can't if, if the brush is so thick yeah. that you're having to yank that rod through that's yep. a problem. Oh yeah. And yeah. just catching it on something and not realizing it until you take a step and yeah. snap there it's it goes. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I think something else I I've learned this too. Maybe I figured it out by instinct but drop your rod if you begin to fall. So uh, Coming down that cliff this year in the Yellowstone, I I found what looked like it was a prime <laughs> shortcut. Well, uh, I I slipped and started falling, and I I did. Thankfully, you were out of sight. I didn't see you. No. It was actually really serious, to be honest with you. And I didn't see you fall. Well, I mean, it was serious in that it's it's steep, but it was it was soft. But what I did right away was to drop my rod because I knew if, if you're hanging on to it and you fall on it. Um, <laughs> snap. Yeah, snap. Uh, so exactly. usually, I mean, if if you drop your rod, it's I don't know nine times out of ten, or maybe ninety five times out of a hundred, it's not going to damage it. But boy, you add the you add the weight behind it. And, yeah, it's not yeah. a waiting stick or a waiting no, staff. <laughs> it's sure not. Yeah. So let that. Th- I that's think exactly, I think that's actually a good point. Yeah. I not really thought. Let that thing go. Oh yeah. It'll survive on its yeah. own. 
Yeah. yeah. You just can't use it to fall or fall yeah. on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another point it, now, Steve, didn't you lose a section of your rod once along the river? Dave, this is not a <laughs> podcast about stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I can't, I still can't believe it. I was at the Owyhee River. And, and even though I have a four-piece rod, but, you know, you, you pull it in half sections first. And I, I did that, and, you know, because our car wasn't that far away, and we were done. Oh, and I know, I lost my fly, so I thought, well, I'm just, uh, on our walk back, I'm just going to break it in half. And somehow, as we're standing there in the bank, I, it slipped out of my hand, and it's floating, <laughs> it's floating down the run. I thought, oh, great, no problem, we'll get it. We never found that rod tip, and my oh. and my son Luke, who was young, it wasn't a rod then, tip. It was the second half. Yeah, of, yeah, it was that's the top right. half of your rod. Yeah, right? that's that's right. So I lost the top half of my rod. Now, again, this has an amazingly happy ending because a, a week later I was in Bozeman at at Fins and Feathers where I bought it, and I said, "Oh man, I did something stupid." I said, "I'm sure the rod breakage guarantee isn't going to cover this." And I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will." Sent it in. And and I got a new rod tip. Actually, I know I got a new rod, the same model, but the the real seat looked a little different. So I like <laughs> they just said, forget yeah, it. Just sent him the entire rod. I got a brand new rod. Yeah. So was that like uh, a fifty dollar replacement fee or something that you had to pay? Yeah, well, I don't think it was even that much then. More like twenty five. But yeah, so I guess the the lesson there is, uh, you know, don't be stupid. <laughs> Step away from the river when yeah, you dismantle yes. your rod. Step away from the river. <laughs> and no one will get hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dave, th- that just reminds me. Didn't didn't you, uh, I think this is something we need to talk about for our listeners. Uh, didn't you break a guide's expensive rod once? <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. (laughs) Should we leave it at that, or should we hear all this story behind it? These are all moments where you you push the patience and customer service level of the guide (laughs) right to the brink. Yes, right, right Right to the brink. (laughs) How nice will he be when you break his Orvis H? three or h2 i forget it was orvis's latest is the h3 it was the h3 yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure why i was fishing his rod but i'd put mine away and he said hey why don't you just try this rod i think it was before i bought the sage one and i was um just trying out different rods and i and and, he was i'm sure he's hoping that i'd buy one from him instead (laughs) end of story so we're, we're fishing the lower madison and it caught this huge rain it was a big rainbow it was it bent the rod in half yeah and we had beached on this little, just a small piece of gra- or stretch of gravel. Really, I think it was in the middle of the river. Mm-hmm. And and I, the fish went under the boat, right? Well, it was my fault, right? It, it was, but in your defense, that happened so fast. Yeah, that was a I did. big fish, and he just he just took off. But instead of running away, he took off right under yeah. the boat, and and yeah. then snap. I know. Then, was, I don't know that there was much you can do. I I thought even. Even if, let's say, our guide was doing that, what what would he have done differently? Yeah. It, just it, so it was just so bad, and yeah. it's just this worst feeling. You kind of look up, you kind of go, huh, huh, sorry, and yeah. you know, and the fly yeah. goes, the and the guide goes, huh, that's a, that, that's okay, you know, yeah. that's fine. But he knew it was <laughs> fine because he just send it in and get another. Right, one. exactly. Yeah. Right, it's not yeah. like it's gonna break the fly shop, right? That's right. So anyway, yeah, I did break a guy's uh, expensive fly rod. So what's the takeaway out of all of this, Dave? If you're trying to 
summarize it just to wrap it up. I do think with fly rod, rod fly rods, the takeaways that speed kills, yeah, and and in hurry kills, yeah, and and a little more focus and thought will protect your your rod when you store it, when you transport it, and when you fish with it. That's right. I don't think there's any other way to say it. Nope, that's well said. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. And here's a really a good follow-up comment from our friend Dave Cumling. He was our guest on a recent episode we did on fishing streamers. And uh, we asked him a follow-up question about lifting your rod tip during the retrieve. Actually, you, you asked him this, Dave, because you, you kind of picked up on what he was doing. Uh, so you asked him about that in addition to simply stripping in the line. And this is his reply. Uh, Dave said... Most anglers execute their streamer retrieve with rod tip down near the surface, and all retrieve and, and fly movement is accomplished by stripping in line. And yeah, yeah. that's what I yeah. always do. He you said, strip with your left hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. He says this method mimics what happens with a spin rod in a Panther Martin, which is to get a uniform, unvaried retrieve of a lure or fly. Almost all of my streamer retrieve, though, is done with rod tip movement, which allows for opportunities for varying the retrieve and implementing an enticing fly movement. Also, I don't do it the same way for every streamer retrieve. How I retrieve is dependent on the water type, that is, speed and depth. So the bottom line is that in a given streamer retrieve, especially in small streams and especially when wading, my streamer retrieves are mostly done with the rod tips. So that is so counterintuitive. Yeah, so he's what he's well, yeah. He says when I do this, my rod starts low near the water surface, and is raised and lowered during the retrieve. Well, now we know his secret. Why yeah, he outfishes. exactly. Yeah. The only reason I would strip in line is simply to pick up slack, not to provide fly movement. End of quote. The corollary to that is, so the question is, what do you do with your left hand? So if you're not stripping with your left hand, what what I watch him do is when he's twitching with his, he's he's still bringing in line, but he's he's rolling it around his left hand. So he's he's taking up the slack with his left hand, but he's not using the left hand to strip. Okay. So in other words, the moment you lift that rod tip up, you're creating... Or when you draw, when you when you lower the rod tip, you've got slack. Yeah. But but let's say you bring it. Let's say you lift it up. You still okay. have to reel that. Not oh, reel yeah, it in, but yeah. You, but oh yeah, yeah. You okay. have to pull that in with your left hand. Sure. So it's it's just so interesting. And I so the big idea here that it, to me uh, it may be patently obvious to many of you, but to me is stripping with your rod tip and not with your left hand. Yeah, and yeah, he said that's what hmm. the benefit is of the fly rod, right? You get all this tip movement. You mm-hmm. go three inches, and then you, it drops, and then you, and it creates all this mm-hmm. unbelievable enticing movement yeah. that really angers the trout or makes it so that they want to hit that thing. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, when we fished with him, well, that day when we fished that creek that we fished with him, mm-hmm. he 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 caught at least fifty fish. Now yeah, he knows he, that stream, yeah, and he's obviously yeah. a guide. He's you know, and I caught a lot of fish that day, but I didn't catch that many on streamers. Oh, yeah. I caught maybe ten on streamers, and maybe fifteen on nymphs when I was yeah. doing hero nymphing, right? But he was catching fish on every in every run that he went in. But I watched yeah. him, and it was so interesting what he was doing with that rod tip. But I didn't really understand it until 
he replied to this email that it's all the rod tip. It's really yeah. not about stripping with that left hand. I know. That really is interesting. Yeah, just you're kind of jigging it. You're you're lifting it up so that that uh, like that woolly bugger, if that's what you have on the end, is going to rise, and then it's going to kind of dive at the bottom and rise and dive, and that's that's pretty effective. Yeah. That's great. Yep, good stuff. Well, that's all for today. What are some additional tips you suggest for protecting your fly rod? Uh, please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. Uh, how can Dave and I go for year two without, uh, <laughs> uh, man, we, we got a streak going. What can you without tell us? Without calling in the, uh, the, the fly rod guarantee. That's right, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks so much for referring our podcast. I mention this every time, but man, it is how we have grown and just so grateful for it. Keep doing that. We'd also love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Just reach out to us, send us an email. Uh, even some people posted comments on, on, on an article or a podcast episode. Be sure to do that. Let us know. We'd love all your ideas for episodes. One more thing. And we say this every time, but we'd love for you to purchase a copy of the Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is short. Catch more fish. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Would be a great gift idea. Please do so on Amazon. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys on a River. For the love of fly fishing and protected rods. Protected rods.